Since the beginning of time as we know it, the God of our understanding has been in the covenant business. Very early on in Genesis, way back in Eden, God created humankind, giving them dominion over God's creation and a mandate to procreate. A little later on in Genesis, God made a covenant with Noah never again to destroy the world by flood. Sign of this covenant between God and God's creation would be the rainbow in the sky. Still farther over in Genesis, God makes a covenant with Abram, granting him land, multitudes of descendants, and a new name, Abraham, through whom all nations would be blessed. In Exodus and Deuteronomy, God makes a covenant with Moses and the Israelites that they will be God's chosen people. The sign of the covenant was the Ten Commandments, the creation of the Sabbath day, and also God said for the first time, I will be your God and you will be my people. In Second Samuel, we see God establishing David's perpetual kingdom, continuing a lineage all the way to the Messiah, We see this reflected in the first chapter of Matthew's gospel in the genealogy of Jesus, son of David, son of Abraham. Through the Old Testament, covenants are used to aid understanding of the relationship between God and God's people. These covenants are not like contracts in the modern sense, which are agreements negotiated between two parties and usually entered into freely. The ancient covenants are much more unilateral. One party, God, is much more powerful than the other, God's people. And so sets the terms by which the two parties will relate. Such a covenant does not require the weaker party's consent or willingness, and there is little room for negotiation. In each of the examples I mentioned a minute ago, God initiates and upholds the covenant. God always exceeds our expectations and never gives up on us. God is patient and keeps God's promises. So, What does all this covenant talk mean for us today? Is the new covenant of which Jeremiah speaks superior to the old? Are we as Christians to assume that we are the new Israel, displacing the old Israel in God's economy of salvation? That is a dangerous path towards supersessionism. The idea that the New Testament is somehow and incorrectly a replacement for the Old Testament, that the teachings of the Hebrew Scripture don't really matter anymore, especially in light of the gospel. But in this case, the old is not replaced, but reaffirmed. To paraphrase Paul in Romans 11, in all matters, Christians are grafted onto the Jewish tree and come to share in the promises. We are drawn into an already existing covenant through Christ. God's faithfulness throughout all time is the foundation of these covenants. 
and still we break faith with God. We humans are stiff-necked, willful, selfish. Even now, in the 21st century, we find ourselves knee-deep in systemic injustice against people of color, particularly African Americans, and violence, most immediately against Asian American and Pacific Islanders, and discrimination against LGBTQ Americans. We worship idols of wealth and power and arrogance. And still God will not break faith with us. And I believe we, as Christians, owe it to George Floyd, to Breonna Taylor, to the victims of the Atlanta spa shootings, to the victims of rape and incest, to LGBTQ kids in Arkansas and around the world, and so many more that I cannot name here today, to stay in relationship with God, to keep faith that there is still good in this world, that there is hope, to testify to that hope, and that we will work to keep that hope alive. This new covenant which Jeremiah foretells is one that will be very different from the others. But it is one that also harkens back to when our world was new. And in that beautiful phrasing, God walked among us. Thinking of Genesis chapter 3, after Adam and Eve had eaten the forbidden fruit and were hiding from God, because they were embarrassed to be naked. This past week, Frederick Bigner's message, I think it was on Tuesday, spoke of this scene. As we know, God questions Adam and Eve, where are you? And then he chastises them for what they've done. And ultimately, he casts them out of Eden. But not before God, with God's own hands, makes them garments of skins and clothes them. They can't go back to Eden, but they can go forward in a new way, clothed, not in their old defenses, but with a new understanding of who they are and a new strength to draw on for what lies ahead. God's word to Jeremiah echoes that same intimacy of God making garments to clothe Adam and Eve. I took them by the hand. I was their husband. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. They shall all know me. I will forgive their iniquity. It is a lavish promise of unexpected good news. God will bring hope where there is no hope. God will bring life out of death. God will make a way where there is no way. And maybe that's why we hear this passage so close to Holy Week. We are at the point now where the shadow of the cross falls over everything. Even for God's most faithful one, Jesus himself, there is no path around the darkness.
no path without God's goodness and mercy. God is not only faithful in God's promises, but God is also tenacious and persistent in staying in relationship with, God, with God's people. God doesn't need us. We don't really provide anything that God requires. But God wants us. God wants to be in relationship with us all. In the Book of Common Prayer, Eucharistic Prayer A, it reads, In your infinite love you made us for yourself. In the portion from James Weldon Johnson's glorious poem that I shared in this week's Wake Up about creation, God said, I'm lonely. I'll make me a human. He kneeled down like a mammy bending over her baby, toiling over a lump of clay until he shaped it in his own image. That is what Jeremiah is talking about in the New Covenant. God's forgiveness even when we are at our worst, is what keeps that covenant intact. And God is forever willing to forgive our iniquities and remember our sins no more. From Adam and Eve, to Noah and his family, to Abraham and Sarah, to Moses, to David, right down to you and me today, God wants us from the least to the greatest. God wants us all. Amen.